Dan, I got to tell you something. What's that? I, I'm middle-aged, all right? I've been around. I'm in my 50s. <laughs> I believe in second chances. I think people should have the benefit of the doubt. I think, you know, we can forgive and forget and move on. But man, oh man, do I hate thieves. Oh, I agree. But hate them. That makes me wonder what did you have stolen? Anything or just the thought of people stealing? Yeah, just the thought of it. I I hate thieves and I you know, but whenever you start talking about thieves, you think of some some guy sneaking you know, in the dark and stealing your car out of your driveway. But I, you know, I also hate the thieves that wear suits, <laughs> you know, um, let's get back to reality here about thieves though. Gosh, I'm, so I'm moving into this new wood yard and, you know, I think about all of the things that are making me worry, you know, losing, <laughs> losing my shirt would be on that list, but <laughs> it's amazing how much worrying I am doing about thievery and mitigating it. Oh yeah. That, uh, that would be a, a big concern with having all of your stuff there and you being away from it. Yeah. I, oh, I just hate thieves. This could be just the beginning <laughs> and the end of this episode. <laughs> Everyone have a great day. So, yeah, I, it's just, Dan, what is it with you have, you get this emotional attachment to, to your stuff. You've earned it. It's yours. And then there's just some turkey hiding in the, hiding under the, under, under a tree, just waiting for you to leave so they can take it from you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, it's a concern I've had for many years now with my roadside stand, obviously, you know, people coming and taking bundled or wood without paying and. I've dealt with it a little bit. Um, I've been pretty fortunate, I guess, to not have complete robbery done. Like I would have instances where people take two bundles and pay for one. So, yeah, but I'm the same way when I leave town. Like I always worry about, you know, my equipment back in the wood yard. Like I don't, it's not locked up. I don't, you know, so yeah, there's always that thought of there's oh, just that not. one person that just would ruin everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's on my mind. You know, I'm moving to this new wood yard and I just sense that I do not have the physical control of this space as I do where I currently have everything. And I am running my own calculus in my brain about what should be done uh, what must be done <laughs> and what might be done. I don't know. It's Ooh. hard. Um, yeah, I think I need to like chart this kind of stuff down. And there are some things that I've learned from my professional career to help me uh, with this exercise. It's called the uh, risk management matrix. Ooh. Have you ever heard of it? Have you ever heard of such a exercise? I have not, but it's very intriguing. Yeah, it, there is. 
what you are looking at when you have something that you wish to protect, you look at two criteria. Uh, what is the probability of occurrence? And what is the impact of that occurrence? So you would rank your risk from low to high as in the probability of something happening. Like, um, you know, high could be shoplifting or uh, accounting error, you know? Yeah. Uh, yep. And, okay. and, and uh, that would be high risk. Low risk is earthquake or Martians, <laughs> you know, lawsuit. Okay. Um, you would chart your risk somewhere on that continuum from low to high. And then you think about, well, if this were to happen, what's the impact as in, is it a, is it just going to be an annoyance or will this put me out of business? So when I'm looking at my new wood yard, that is the approach that I am taking on it. Wow. Now, I don't know with your roadside stand, you know, it, it, there's, there's differences in, I think, things that are um, a hobby. <laughs> a, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Things that are a hobby, things that are a side hustle, and things that are an enterprise. It just seems like there's, right. there's that emotional connection uh, that you would have with your, your stuff when it is a hobby or a side hustle that you wouldn't necessarily have if it is a, an enterprise, a, a full-fledged business. Am I making sense? I don't yep. know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like for me, the roadside stand, the, the chance, the risk of something happening is probably pretty high. The impact pretty low. Like if somebody comes and takes two bundles and they don't pay, I'm not out of business the next day. It doesn't really affect anything. You know, there's, there's no, but if somebody would come and take my splitter, I'm done. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But what about on your roadside stand? Okay, you're not looking to get rich on it, but it's no. a level of it's fun. You appreciate the money when it comes in, but it's not going to make you or break you. But when people start stealing out of it, though, how does that make you feel? Uh, well, obviously, it leaves a little bitter taste in my mouth. But then again, you know, if it's if it's a bundle here or there, I don't get to I don't lose much sleep over it. I just kind of look at it as donating it to someone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it I mean if it were to happen consistently then I would look into making changes like I you know there's there's other people that we know of that have probably you know shut down their roadside stands because of it yeah you mm -hmm. know it's just got tired of always having somebody take stuff and not pay for it so for me here and there like I said it's only been a handful of times over the last few years so it is yeah. what it is that's where I think I'm kind of in a peculiar position. I have very high emotional connection to what I'm doing, but also at the same time too, I'm in this to make money and there should be that level of separation between my head and my heart. And, ah, uh, just the thought of someone stealing my firewood. Okay. I mean, let's forget about my tractor and all my, my machines. I mean, that would be devastating. Okay. 
but let's talk about just the firewood, the inventory right now. You know, if someone was to steal a stick of firewood, okay, what's the probability of that happening? Probably, I don't know, moderate. Yeah. Moderate probability. Uh, the location we have is excellent, but that's not to say that someone can't jump the wall and go help themselves. But then what is the impact? And I've made this comment a number of times before. What's a stick of firewood worth to you? I would say that when people are accusing a person of shorting them for firewood, which is unacceptable in my opinion. If a person buys a quarter cord, they get a quarter cord. There you go. And so why short someone? Because what's that stick of firewood worth to you? And that's where do you lose sleep over someone stealing firewood from you? And I can see it both ways. In a way, I would because it's my stuff. I made it. It's none of your business. Stay away. Uh, but then I also think, you know what? Is it worth worrying all this? Because, you know, yeah. <laughs> at the what, end how... of the year, <laughs> you know, at the end of the year, what's even a cord or five cords of firewood worth to me? Yeah, and, and what know? is that worrying preventing you from? You know, if. If this would prevent you from moving into your new wood yard, would that be worth it in the end to, you know, limit your production, limit your possibilities over a few sticks of firewood? Yeah. And here is one of the things that's been on my mind, and it is about people who are considering starting a business. And I hear this a lot. And I want to walk you through my thought process of this risk management matrix. And it is involving, how many times have you heard someone say, ah, I'm not going to start a business because someone's just going to sue me and, and take everything. Yep. Okay. Yeah. There are people out there that have that fear of just getting sued and everything just disappearing. Someone winning something in court. And here's how I want to start this. I want you, at uh, your next opportunity, your local newspapers always post the uh, torts, the lawsuits that have been filed in, in your local courthouse. Uh, that usually comes out weekly or sometimes monthly. It's called uh, legal, legal issues and other torts, something like that. And you can see all of the lawsuits that have been filed in your area. And I want you to look at it and notice something. And what you're going to notice that somewhere close to 80% of all lawsuits were started by a corporation suing another corporation, okay? And then the other stuff, I mean, there's a lot of tax stuff, you know, the state suing a, a delinquent tax person. Yeah. But then there's not that very many of an individual suing another individual or an individual suing a company. Is it happening? Yes. But here's the rub, guys. It is not the big thing. Uh, I think that you get a lot of, people in the news and, you know, lobbyists and corporations, you know, that are pushing tort reform, limiting how much a corporation has to pay out in damages. I think that's where you get into who's got all the money and who's rewriting the laws in their favor, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I'm serious. Go ahead. I challenge anyone to look at this. You're looking around the 70 to 80% of all lawsuits are filed by corporations suing other corporations. There's not that very many that are started by individuals. Now, the ones that are, you know, they get into the news like that famous hot coffee 
McDonald's episode. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. But I'm just saying, from a risk standpoint, it's low. Yeah. And if you are insured, okay, the impact is low. Now, there's major aggravation, sleepless nights in there, but I'm talking about a threat to your enterprise. So if that is the case, that is like a perceived risk where someone thinks that it's going to, you know, someone's going to sue them tomorrow. And I guess it could happen, but the probability is not as high as you think it is. It's pretty low. And then again, what is the impact? So when I would be going into an enterprise and I'm worrying about my legal exposure, I would measure my risk and the impact like that. Did I just make sense? Uh, I believe so. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little lost in the matrix here, but I'm, I'm, I'm following along. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll look at it like this. It would be like flying in an airplane. You know, there are people that will not fly in an airplane because they're, they're scared of, of dying in a crash. Yeah. But it's actually, you're at a much higher risk driving to the airport you know, than right. you are flying to your destination. It's just one of these counterintuitive ways that we view the world. And when I am wanting to start a business, I try to apply that discipline to um, what is my biggest risk. So lawsuits isn't it. I don't know if stealing my firewood is it either, because even if the risk of that is high, the impact is low. The things that you should be the most worried about would be things that are a high risk of occurring with a very high impact. And that's where I think you get into like your, your truck breaking down, right? You know, machines breaking down. Um, I had always felt like the biggest risk that I have is my trucks, you know, either in a crash or they blow up because they're really expensive to replace. Same thing with my tractor, my trailers. So when I look at hardening my security posture, that's what I am going to be looking at. There are still things I can do to protect the firewood, but where I'm worried about is the machinery, the batteries, the fuel, you the know? Fuel, yep, I was just gonna say, yeah. Uh -huh. Tires getting slashed, showing up one day at the yes. new wood yard. The, your tanks are empty, your tires are slashed, and something is missing. Like the, the engine is gone from the 405. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be a major impact. <laughs> major impact. <laughs> okay, thanks, Dan. I'm adding that one to my list. <laughs> yeah. But man, oh man, why can't anything in life be easy? Why do we have to deal with thieves? Yeah. So what, what are your, um, what are some of the things you're looking at doing to secure this new wood yard or haven't you fully decided yet? Have you, I mean, I know you well, were putting up those blocks and you're going to have a gate and I mean, it, it seems like it's fairly, I don't know, secure, but there's always, like you said, that one guy hiding behind a tree. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is this thing called compartmentalization. So you begin with your outer perimeter and then you can harden things on the inside of it as well. Kind of like a bank. You know, a bank has a door that locks at night, but then it also has a vault inside. Ooh, yes. Yeah. So I am probably looking at something like that to secure 
the the low hanging fruit, the tractor. And you know, so cameras obviously play a role. It's like a layered approach to your security, but it's not necessarily going to prevent it. And the proof is just get onto YouTube, get on the Facebook, and you can see all of these videos of crimes taking place and they're taking place right on cameras because cameras don't deter no don't deter they don't deter theft uh when i worked for that auto parts store a national chain you know we would have robberies and some tough stores and you'd put the cameras in and it the robberies would continue you know the robbers the thieves didn't really care about the camera and then how many times do you even consider there is a camera when you run a red light at an intersection you know (laughs) put your hand down dan yeah when you you don't even think that there's cameras or a lot of cars now have cameras in them. And for all you road ragers out there, you know, do you ever consider that when you're, you know, brake checking someone? Yeah. Or even, <laughs> that they, you know, that they have I a get, camera. I get asked all the time if I have cameras, you know, on my roadside stand. And yeah, I do. But it, what is it really in the end? What does it do? It gives me a video file of someone walking away with a couple bundles. And they didn't pay. So what do I do with that? What am I going to, I'm going to, you know, I lost $10 worth of bundles. Am I going to now try to go to, you know, investigate this, take them to small claims? Like what, where does it, you know, where does it end? Right. What do you really get out of it? My 22 career, my 22 year career involved heavily with cameras. And I'm here to tell you, you never get that money shot that you think you're going to get. No. Never. Um, I had, we put up cameras. We had employees that we thought were stealing in this one aisle because we were always finding empty boxes. And they were only, (laughs) they were in the overstock bins that were under the shelves that only the employees had access to. So we put up cameras and sure enough, there was a group of employees. And the moment they went down to steal, this lady comes right into the shot and completely blocks (laughs) The shot, you know, and she's like shopping for something else. And it's just the way it goes. Whenever you just need them to turn their head a little bit or put their hat up on their head a little bit more, you don't, you don't get it. Right. Yep. You just have a silhouette of the person that took your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And, and you just have, uh, in your mind confirmation. Yes. Somebody was there. Somebody stole it. (laughs) Yeah. I think someone said that cameras keep honest people from stealing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, okay. So yes, cameras, definitely. Um, compartmentalization, I would call it definitely, uh, exterior perimeter. Oh yeah. Lighting. That's another one. Some people, there's not a consensus with lighting. Some people say that lighting actually makes it easier for the thieves to see at night. Mm. And and others say that you know it's it's kryptonite to a thief. They don't like they don't like lights. Yeah, yeah. That's I never thought about. I I would have thought that lighting would be you know kind of a deterrent. Like if your wood yard's all lit up, somebody walking into it, they're knowing that they're going to be seen by somebody somewhere possibly. You know. If, yeah. Or how about like a strobe light that disorients people? Oh. <laughs> And then you can get a video of them throwing up because they've got (laughs) 
They have vertigo Trip from wires, the flashing lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Booby traps, landmine. I think, yeah, you could really get some. Yeah. And then there's that the new technology now, especially with smartphones, the those tags, inventory tags that you can like you know, stick onto a, a yep. machine. GPS tracking, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then if it uh, gets stolen, it can be tracked somewhere. So that's another thing to be looking at as well. Uh, the the challenge with my new location is that there is not a a building, you know, that can be locked, closed, and locked. <laughs> so I'm probably looking at, and this is managing risk. So I've identified my moderate to high probability and impact, which is the tractor that needs to be protected. So I'm going to get one of the shipping containers. It's not perfect, but it certainly makes it inconvenient. Um, you know, it's not just stealing the tractor, but maybe cutting the converter off of it. You know, right. even the trucks and stuff. You hear about people, you know, they yep. come in and hack off your converter. That's a big, that's a big bill. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess when you think of what people could take, like, a, like if stealing from your new wood yard, like, I guess that's where, would they, you know, they're not going to obviously be able to, well, they maybe could, but like big pieces of equipment, you know, they're probably not going to mess with that. It's like the little things. Like if you add a saw or a pickaroon or your toolbox, you know, like those are the things I think would be your top, I don't know, items yeah. that you might find missing. <laughs> well, you could even just go at a large um, category as theft because there's other types of risk. You know, there's health, there's yep. the economy, there's legislation. Uh, I mean, legislation is a good one. You know, different parts of the country have different levels of risk of an adverse um, law being passed. I think here in Ohio, it's very low. Yeah. So it's it's not on my radar. So I'm not going to worry about it. The uh, getting into a, a crash, you know, smashing my foot or breaking a leg. Okay. I think there's a moderate level of risk there hasn't happened which would make you think it's low i'm knocking wood here <laughs> <laughs> but but there again i think those are also th uh issues you look at and do you get it into that category of if you worry about all that stuff you're never going to get anything done because if you're worried that you know your truck's gonna have a flat tire then do you just not deliver firewood or where do you eventually draw the line and say these are the absolute things I need to worry about. These are the things I'm concerned with. And then the rest. Yeah. I guess there's always <laughs> stuff's always going to happen. And it's just a matter of being resilient, fixing it and moving on. But I'm looking at this as an enterprise risk assessment. And that's where, you know, getting back to the roadside stand. Uh, I do not fault a person who is doing it for fun uh, because they like their neighbors because they um, you know want to provide a service to them and make a couple bucks on the side I do not fault them that if someone's stealing out of it that you say the heck with it then I'm not going to do it from uh, a person though that is in in it for money and it's their livelihood I think you look at it differently because then 
you are willing to endure some loss as long as you can make the profit, you know, or the goal that you're looking for. And you see, for instance, let's pick on the national retailers here uh, as, as a comparison to a person with a roadside stand. For instance, I mean, name your national retailer. It doesn't matter what they're selling. They're all the same, I'm here to tell you. And what's the trend with these national retailers when you go to check out? You do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, self-checkout. So here is the logic that these national retailers do. They know that when they go to a self-checkout uh, platform, that their loss, their shrink, and that's the term in the industry for unaccounted loss, they call it shrink. Their shrink is going to increase because they have self-checkout because it's going to be easier for people to get past the point of purchase without paying for it. You follow yeah. me? Yep. Versus yep. standing in line waiting for it to be rang out. They also know that the people doing the self-checkout are not trained as well. They're an honest mistakes can be made and stuff gets out of the store without being paid. Okay. They know that their shrink is going to increase, but they also know that their salaries, their payroll has gone down more than that to offset their losses and in, in shrink. Mm, you follow yeah. me? Oh yeah. Yep. Because now they don't have to pay that cashier. They don't have to pay their benefit package, which they probably don't anyways, because they're paying <laughs> Yeah, they poverty they're paying poverty <laughs> wages to begin with. And they're encouraging their new hires to get on to public assistance. Okay. That's how great these guys are to our local economies. Sorry, guys, I have my biases here. <laughs> Maybe we'll edit that part out. But, my, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Uh, and I'm serious, though. But they also, they've, they cut their payroll in their store. They, they have a bare staffing in their store just to put stuff on the shelves. And they make the customer do all the work. They make the customer find everything. Go into a Home Depot and try to find something and try to find a person to help you find something. You can't find anyone. They're only there now to stock. There's not even anyone there to <laughs> ring you out anymore, you know? And it's because they're just leaning on the customer to do all the work for them. They're willing to give up more loss because of all of that payroll savings that they don't have to pay for someone uh, to work in their store. And then they take it one step farther. They gut all of their security, their sales floor people that catch the shoplifters, and they lean on their, their police departments. You know, they're always wooing the cops. They're donating money. They are getting them to come in, uh, letting them know where their break room is for free coffee. They can write their reports in there. Uh, and they're using the local police department as their loss prevention department. So oh. this is this is the, the the strategy that they're using. They're willing to give up losses to save on payroll, and they're saving more on payroll than what they're losing in an increase in theft. That right. is the cold, calculated, uh, logical business mind, and that is what is at work. And that is not what it's at work at your roadside stand or anyone else's roadside stand. When your stuff starts coming up missing, you feel it differently than you would if you were wearing right. yep. wear, wearing your suit at at <laughs> exactly. a in a at a executive level of some national retailer. Yep, I totally am following that now. 
completely. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got someone like me who I don't know, man. I'm kind of both, you know. I mean, I still I've transitioned away from the side hustle to it's my full time livelihood. Yeah. But I I'm, I'm like a hybrid here with my needs and my wishes and wants and my risk tolerance. Uh, if someone steals my firewood, I feel it, man. But at the same time, too, I'm thinking, well, it's not going to put me out of business. But I don't know. I just can't do nothing about it, you know? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it definitely sounds like it's weighing heavy on the mind. You got a lot. Of, <laughs> you got a lot of thoughts swirling around up there. And you know, but that's but that but like you said, you have to you have to address it, or you know. It doesn't make yeah. sense. Well, and that is the phenomenon too. And that's what the national retailers do know that if you do not do anything, it, it starts getting worse. Right. And um, it's just like getting bullied in high school. If you, if some kid comes up to you and knocks your books out of your hands and you don't do anything about it, what happens to you tomorrow, Dan? You get kicked you get a sign put on your back that says kick me yeah and you don't do anything about that then what happens the next day your head you get a swirly <laughs> yeah and you know and then the, the bully's friends join in you yep. know and then your life just becomes miserable well the same thing can happen to a retailer if you don't do anything if you are an easy mark for a person just to walk in and just walk out with whatever they're telling all their friends and all their friends know that you're easy. So they're going in, they're stealing more and they're telling their friends and then the bad stuff, the robberies start. And I can speak from experience because that was my job in responding to these. And people that have endured and survived a robbery, that is a life changing event. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is as serious as it can get. And that I think when oh, just my blood boils because you know there's nothing you could do about it i didn't work at those stores but you saw the the effect it had on people and these people come to work every day working retail hours and spending all that time with their coworkers more than they do with their family you know during awake hours and then some jerk comes in with a gun and robs them oh gosh mm. it just just burns me and robbers are not shoplifters, but, you know, it hits the same nerve with me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what, so what do you have in a, your agreement with this new Woodyard? Like if things do, if you do start noticing issues, problems, occurrences by theft, you know, theft or just people messing with your stuff, do you have a, an out to go back to your current situation or are you going to have to hire hired guns <laughs> hired hands <laughs> yeah well let me just put it like this every problem has a solution there you go and honestly you know you also look at um the the risk the general risk of the of the area and there are corporations out there that manage that that produce a risk map nationwide of every city every state every municipality the one is called CAP index and CAP stands for, I think, crime against property. And it will man, it will tell you what is the risk of opening a store in this area. Hmm. And, you know, 
spoiler alert, some areas are safer than others. <laughs> uh, and where I'm at is in a very uh, good city. Very good. It's got well, excellent schools, excellent um, police department, excellent fire department. It's a very good town. But, you know, it's also you got the highway. There's easy on and off. So uh, I just look at it from that global standpoint. What are the things that I should be concerned about? And that is what I'm going to do. That's where I'm going to address the majority of my energy motivated by my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm that, excellent at worrying. That's one of the uh, best things I'm good at. See, that motivation level is high today. Let me tell you, you're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm ready to go because I'm excited about this location. Oh my gosh, can't wait! Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I, I just, I still pinch myself. I can't believe this is happening. I really can't. I'm, I'm really looking forward to coming down and seeing, seeing it, getting it all set up. Um, should I? What? How many forms of ID will I need to show the bouncer to get in through the gate? <laughs> No, we use we use a retinal scan. So retinal, good. okay, good. That'd be <laughs> but no, you've got you've got a a big uh, doings happening here. You got what the open house you're going to be having? Yes, time and uh, time and date to be determined. Ooh. But it is looking like it's going to be the last weekend in April because May first is a Monday. Okay. All right. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, man. I got to assemble a crew to help me move this stuff. I got to have the machine rented to pick up that 405 because it almost weighs 5,000 pounds. And we got to move that cleaner and the live deck. So there's a, and the Easton made at, well, that pulls on the hitch. That's easy. So easy, there's a lot that easy, needs to be done. Easy. Check, check, check. Yeah. All that's like one day, one day. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the with the right crew, uh, it can be. Yes, I th I, th I think uh -huh. you can assemble. You can assemble that that team, get things done, move yeah, in. Well, and that's what I'm excited about the open house because it is. I don't know, Dan. I'm not a introspective person. I'm from Ohio, so therefore I'm practical. But man, I just can't help sometimes to. You know, think about all that's happened and how it's happened and yeah uh, the, the journey yeah. where you where you were where you are and where you're going you know that's that's the one thing a lot of people miss is they don't they focused on the destination and they don't enjoy the journey <laughs> yeah being an ex-baseball player though it's trained me you know you try to uh, you don't want to jinx yourself so you don't yeah brag you don't want to brag you don't want to talk about stuff that hasn't happened yet <laughs> <laughs> well then we should not be talking at all about any of this theft and vandals and problems because you, you it's not just keep it out of your mind don't even think about it and yeah well that is still um what i thought could be something to discuss about oh, yeah. I know. calculating your risk and i would i would tell this this is a skill or not a skill this is a technique that you can apply to anything you can just apply it to your life, you know, where you're living, your house and stuff. 
um, you you make your you know your x and y axis. Do you understand what that is? Yes. The yep. okay the the line that goes from left to right, and then the one that goes up and down. Okay. <laughs> x y axis. So yeah. your 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 bottom line is your risk. The left side of the line is zero. It's not going to happen. Martians. Okay. Uh, and the, on the far extreme of that line, on the far right-hand side, is a very, very high risk. And then your other axis, the one that goes up and down, at the very bottom is zero impact, has minimal effect on you. Like one uh, uh, rotten stick of firewood. <laughs> okay. And then at the very top is absolute, complete, devastating impact you know, everything's death. gone yeah death the martians came and took everything well you know so your martians very low probability but very high impact so therefore you you don't pay attention to it um you stuff that is very high probability uh a stick of wood falling in the mud but it's very low impact Right. You know, you're not, yeah. it's not going to, it's not going to, so you don't worry about that. The stuff though, that starts becoming higher and higher in the probability of it occurring, uh, hurt back, <laughs> <laughs> dead battery, the truck, truck, truck accident, um, you know, major I, theft. Hydraulic okay? hose uh, blowing on the, yeah, truck. hydraulic hose yeah. blowing the engine blowing up on the, on the, firewood processor the yep. the axis uh disintegrating into a pile of orange dust okay <laughs> very that's very low probability that's not a good example so you you start thinking about what are the things that have a very high chance of happening and that would have a major high impact on my business and that's what i start zeroing in on the truck and the tractor you know, and even with like the the firewood processor, if it were to blow up, let's just say, that would have an impact, but it's not going to put me out of business because I still got the axis. I still got chainsaws. If my chainsaw breaks down, you know, that's a yeah. moderate level of, of probability, but the impact, I got another chainsaw. I got the processor. The things that are high impact to me, tractor and the trucks and the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for instance, um, what if I get some infestation, like the termites eat up all my inventory, you know, or there's a fire? Okay. There's that's a probability of risk. That would be high impact because holy cow, all my firewood's gone. But I mitigate that because I got two other people. There used to be three, but I got two other people that make firewood for me that I got out at their place. So it's not like I don't have anything, and I could go out and buy firewood if I needed to. Yeah, you can. You could keep so, going. You could recover, keep yeah. going, moving forward. Yep. yep. Yeah, like lawsuits. I'm just saying. You know, if, if there is a probability, but I don't think it's as high as what people leads wants no. wants themselves to believe. Yeah. You know, and if you got insurance, then that makes the impact go down. Like a good neighbor. Yes. State Farm <laughs> is there. You got it. <laughs> So that's on my mind. So that is called your, your, if you are a worry wart like me, if you lay asleep at night and you're worrying about, you know, 
<laughs> let's go back to a past episode of legislation um, <laughs> to losing all of our rights to sell firewood. Okay. Come on. That's low, low probability. It'd be high impact, but it's low probability. <laughs> right. But I think, it, I mean, it, it does, you know, it does give a, a nice little perspective into people who maybe are out there, like you mentioned, either starting a firewood business or expanding their firewood business to look into stuff like that and to think about and be aware of it because it could be a, yep. a big impact to the direction you want to go in your, with your business. Especially if you have a limited budget and if you can't buy a shipping container and cameras because you just don't have the money, that logic will tell you which one you should put your money towards. Yep. You know, especially when you realize that cameras really don't get you a lot, you know, well, then maybe you better put your money into the shipping container or a better fence or better locks, electric right. fence. Razor wire. <laughs> or, or buy buy two shipping containers, lock one, don't lock the other, because what isn't locked, then that's what they'll go into. And then have like a couple cases of water or something, you know, just. <laughs> that's very true. When I lived in Memphis, I was in graduate school. We had to go tour a juvenile facility. And when we drove up to it, the first thing that you noticed was there's no fence you know, because all the prisons have fences and razor wire, multiple fences. <laughs> this one didn't have any fence. And the guy said that when we had fences, the kids were always breaking out. They'd jump the fence and leave. So we took down the fences and all the kids quit trying to break out. <laughs> <laughs> Simple solutions. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think there's something about that too with like there was a study I saw somewhere, some statistics about the number of cars that get broken into, the ones that are unlocked, people leave alone, or, mm -hmm. you know, the ones that are locked, that's what people, <laughs> they break the windows out of. Yeah, well, I can speak from experience there. Well, I lived in this apartment complex in Memphis, and I had an 88 Ford Escort, and everyone was getting their cars broken into. Windows are getting smashed all the time. My car never got touched. It was always just left unlocked. And it was always on empty, too, so no one was going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't get far yeah. if they did. Yeah. 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 All right, Dan. Well, that was on my mind. I hope that uh, that made sense. It's hard to, like, I need to, like, draw a diagram to make it to make it make more sense. But I'm just saying, look at whatever it is, guys, and calculate what's the probability that it's going to happen. And then if it does happen, what is the impact to your life? Is it minimal or is it the end of the world? Yeah. And then allow that to be your decision-making instead of just anxieties that you pick up from watching too much TV or hearing too many horror stories in the news. Or uh, listening apply... to podcasts on firewood. <laughs> and... <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, no, I, I think it was it was a good, nice little discussion today. It's like I said, it's, it's something that probably a lot of people don't think a lot about. And yeah, I think so. It's important. Yeah. All right, Dan. Well, what do you say? Let's uh, strike up the band. I need to get out of here. I got work to do. Yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Woodhounds podcast right here on your favorite podcast platform, whatever that is. It don't matter. You can find us everywhere. 
Yeah, and don't forget, guys, check out where you can give us a rating. We prefer it to be five stars, but be honest and let us know what you think. <laughs> and I want to wish for everyone to stay safe and be cool and have a great day. Great day.